With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, strangers, and welcome to Ferris. I'm your host, your smiling DM, Hank Hayden, here to bring you the continuing tale of our heroes, such as they are. It's a tale of true terror and true adventure. This is True Crit. Howdy, strangers, and welcome to Ferris. I'm your host, your smiling DM, Hank Hayden, here to bring you the continuing tale of our heroes, such as they are. Tonight, I'm joined by Daniel. Schultz Salazar the Bard. Jim. Cash. Tiefling Gunslinger. And Mason. Mehen, the Platinum Dragonborn. This is the tale of true terror and true adventure. This is True Crit. And last time on D&D... The party joined Barrows on a job to kill a carrion crawler and excavate an old stone coffer from the cavern beneath the ruins of Brick Point. The coffer yielded gold, potions, and an enchanted hammer named Shatter. But Barrows was only interested in what he called witch bottles, which are little bombs of dark magic hidden throughout the ruins. And after helping Barrows, he promised to put you in touch with his mysterious employer and accompanied you to Riverbed, where you received a warmer welcome than you expected. And after scoping out the high street, you decided to put in at the Noonshade Saloon for the night, and Mungo the Goblin Barkeep gave you your keys. After a good night's rest, you all heard raucous cheering in the streets and saw the townsfolk all lined up on the promenade. Uh, as you woke up to this, Mahen, Alora pounded down your door, insisting she needed to see you, talk to you. She said that there was some trouble, and she needed you to get the boys, because she needs your help. Might as well start. And I, uh, I, my hands are like, oh, 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 okay, all right. And I tumble out the door, and I start knocking. Hey, boys, wake up. We got shit going on. Who's, whose door are you knocking on? Random doors. <laughs> Do I know which doors there are? A door swings open, and a half-dressed man's like, what the fuck, what time is it? And he uh, looks at you, and he just terribly sorry, and he sir. just turns like ghost white, and he's like, uh, uh, Terribly I'm, sorry, I'm, sir. I'm, Go back to well, your... Sorry, close the door. Uh, I close the door for him. Yeah, he, he can't even like reach for the knob. You have to close it for him. <laughs> he's just whimpering on the other side of the door after seeing you. And, I'll, uh, uh, and, I, and I'm like, oh, what, um, where, which door were they at? And I... Do I know? So you start you start like pounding on random doors trying yeah. to find them. Uh, meanwhile, Schultz, yes, you are uh, hearing somebody way down the hall, way far away from your room, uh, <laughs> knocking on doors. Apparently, like maybe room service is going around. Uh, and you're sitting housekeeping. You're sitting in your room, uh, and you got that letter That's that right. you found on your pillow. Yes, and you you've read it. I have read it. Yes, and you're just in your room, sort of contemplating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, Cash, in your room, you've heard all this cheering and shouting in the streets, and when you look out uh, over the the rail of your balcony, you don't see what the people are cheering at. It looks like something happened on the promenade, and now everybody's sort of dispersing. Missed it. 
I'll go back to, uh, I don't suppose we had room service with breakfast. They said the breakfast was provided down in the lobby. That's true. Oh, down, oh, okay, just just like Hilton. Uh, I'll go back to, to fit, actually, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll finish getting dressed for the morning. Okay. Put everything on, strap everything on, and uh, start heading towards the door. So you get dressed, and you go to strap your guns on, and you notice that your holsters are empty. My guns, my gun is missing. Yes. I've just got the one gun. Yeah. My gun is missing. Oh, lovely. Uh, start looking around the room. Uh, when you turn around, you see that all of the light filtering in through the window uh, is gone. It looks like it's nighttime outside. Okay. And you see over in the, the corner, you've got your your tiefling dark vision. Yes. But you see sitting over in the corner is a shape that you still can't quite make out. This room's not very large. Your dark vision should be able to see him very clearly, but it's shrouded in some kind of magical darkness that is causing it to be obscured from your vision. Uh, pardon me, stranger. I didn't hear you into my room. And he looks over at you, and you can just see these golden eyes looking at you and the silhouette of horns on his head. Otherwise, it just looks like he has pitch black skin like yours. You another messenger come to tell me that I have, what, six days left to get back to uh, the machine? And he looks at you uh, with those golden eyes and you hear him say in a deep gravelly voice, Don't you know me? Should I? How much do you remember? Of... Of your time below. Does it come back to me? Uh, go ahead and roll a... Just a wisdom check. Straight up wisdom check. Nope. Nothing. Nothing beyond what you remember. Just... As far as you know, you've never been below. Just what I remember after waking up after going through the machine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, sir. Uh, I'm afraid you are a stranger to me, but you uh, appear to be another form of demon. I assume you're here to take me back. And he shakes his horned head. And he stands up, and you see that this guy is brushing the ceiling. He's easily ten feet tall. And he takes a step toward you, and that cloud of darkness around him moves with him and when he speaks you start seeing images in your mind and he says I entertained you in the palace of night I trained you and your new brothers and sisters to run and find your way in the dark of my domain together with my own children the lesser gods of hell you learned and danced in the shadows and spoke in that infernal tongue that your mortal mind can only half recall you spent happy years with me below until my darkness became a part of you and made you more than human i am your second father though i cannot blame you if you hate me it is as i feared These humans took what should have been my gifts and turned them into weapons. You, who were meant to be prophets of a new age, reduced to cogs in their hideous war machine. He steps right up to you. 
and he reaches out a hand, but he doesn't touch you. And he says, My beautiful, darkly divine children, stolen from your father's wisdom and taught to murder the world. And for what? The high warlocks and their secret schemes of domination? <laughs> and he turns around and he walks back and he takes his seat. I know who you are. You're Moloch. Yes. Well, it may please you to learn then that uh, I no longer serve those warlocks. I've broken their conditioning. And you see his eyes flash and he says, Oh? Oh, yes. I remember everything. I know my mother. I know my father, my brother. I remember everything up until that day they took me and put me through the machine. And he says, Ah, oh, the infernal machine. Well, hear me. I, too, retract my support of the guild. I disown these pretenders and these illegitimate children of hell. And he sort of waves his hand, and you see images of all the red tieflings that you have seen in the town. Well, what, uh, what brings you here today? My plans have been interrupted. Those high warlocks of yours have caused quite a stir below. I've retained my throne, my legions, my power, but some of my interests have been usurped. They displease me in their treatment of you. They should never have robbed you of your memories, of your time below, or of your mortal family, of your very self. The murder of your own kin alerted me to this grievous mistake, or I would have acted sooner. It shall cost them dearly. But worse, I find the path of darkness abandoned by the guild, and instead my own daughter, Eris, has leagued with them to create a perversion of what I meant your race to be. Her blood and her flame are too untempered. But the guild evidently cares not for your lives beyond your usefulness in battle. Eris is a fitting patron for men such as these. That's very interesting, sir. But uh, as I told you, I've broken their conditioning. I remember my mortal life. I, I'm afraid I remember nothing of my time with you other than the uh, gifts I received from you. Pity. But as things stand now, I require a champion. And I would give you another gift. Here. And he opens his hand, and his hand is huge. And in his palm is your gun. Ah, well, thank you, sir. I was looking for that. And he says, Of all my children, I believe you the best qualified to bring swift vengeance to the High Warlocks, and any within the guild responsible for the travesty they have become. They have given you an invitation? They have. Well, not so much an invitation as a, as a summons. <laughs> Walk the dark way, child. Return these misguided warmongers back to the path. And if you cannot provide justice for yourself, 
than at least for what you tieflings should have been. I'll, I'll do what I can, sir. I do believe we are on a similar page. And you're holding the gun? Mm-hmm. It gets warm in your hand. And you look and it has runes glowing on the barrel. Hmm. And he says, Study those markings. You will remember them in time. And with them, perhaps other things. Are they written in Infernal? Yes. Okay. But they don't say words. You just know that they are, you know, Infernal script, Infernal runes. Okay. Magic. Right. And runes of power. And he says, Go along the dark path, and I will see you when I see you. Ah, that sounds fair, sir. Pleased to make your acquaintance. And the eyes close, and the light comes back up in the room, and all trace of this person is gone. Boys? Boys, where are you? Hello? We need to get outside. Uh, who's, whose door is he knocking on now? Uh, he's knocking on your door, Cash. Uh, going to open the door. Yes. Uh, uh, Laura wants us to kick some ass, I think, outside. Uh, immediately. I, I do have a few things to attend to. Well, I'm not sure how pressing it is. Laura! And she's like, she like pokes her head out the door and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get oh. him and get back in here. Uh, Cash, just, I, I think we need to beat rather quickly. Could you grab uh And she makes soaps. eye contact with you, Cash, and she's like, Very and she well, pokes man. back in the door, slams the door. <laughs> I don't know what room Schultz is in. Schultz! You, you hear him, you Schultz. Hear okay. Schultz! Yeah. All right, I, uh, I stand up for the <coughs> contemplation, and I poke my head out the door, and I'm like, what? Come here, quick. What? This way. Gosh. Schultz, roll me a perception check. Okay. Hold on. Uh, 18. The wall's pretty thin here. You've been sitting on your bed listening to Cash talk to himself for a couple of minutes. Ooh. Okay. And now you hear Mahen yelling for you. Okay. Uh, uh, is this, is it, er, do I have to come right now? Because I, I, should I, should I, I grab yes, my stuff? I, I think Alora wants us to meet like right now. Oh, sh- I, I, oh, all right. I'll, I'll, do I, can I figure out And where she pokes he... her head back out and she's like, don't say my fucking name. <laughs> the woman in my room. Quit yelling. <laughs> You had a woman in your room last night? God damn it. Man, Schultz, I guess, Schultz I didn't just, have anything in mind. And the half-naked guy that you burst in on earlier is like, will you all stop yelling? Hey. And he goes, oh. <laughs> and he shuts the door. Uh, all right, well, I, I hurriedly grab my stuff and shove it into any bag I might have taken it out of and then and hurry out, out the door. All right, I'll uh, holster that gun that Moloch gave me, and I will head down to Mahen's room. All right, so we convene in Mahen's room, and sure Alora do. is, like, sitting on a chair, and she's just rubbing her temple real hard, and like, ain't you never been in trouble before, Mahen? <laughs> <laughs> My whole life has been trouble. I don't know, it's just normal. Apparently. Too normal. This is not normal for me. Sorry. What kind of trouble are you in, ma'am? Low profile. I was told that y'all wanted to come to Riverbed to keep a low profile, and this is not how one does that. You said it was urgent, so I moved with urgency. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. 
Listen, I'm a seven foot dragon. I know. Okay, I know you are. I know you're. I know. Trust me. I know. And she looks at you. Did you ever get dressed? No. No. So she <laughs> looks you up and down, and she's like, "You might want to cover up." Uh, oh, oh, oh. So, uh, yeah, I grab my cloak. Sorry. Both hands there, pal. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you grab, like, the tea towel off the nightstand. Oh, dear. If it. he wasn't all ashen, you would think he might have been blushing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she definitely blushed only a tiny bit. Uh, she looks at you guys, and she says, all right, here's the deal. I got into town a little bit before you last night. I spent the night at the Willow. And at breakfast, I heard that my sister was in town. And that ain't normal. Her and her husband live out there on the foothills, out east. They shouldn't be here in Riverbed. They got a good thing going on over there. But I heard she was in town in a bad way, so I went to see her. But when I got there, Sheriff Rollo took me to the town hall. And he showed me my sister. So she's, do you mean she's dead? Showed you, showed you She's hurt. She's hurt real bad. I was close. She's got these huge gashes down her, and and then they showed me Canto, her husband. Something tore him to pieces. So he's dead. Well, she close. just nods. Is this one person off? Is his body there too? Yeah. Do we need to go there immediately? I don't know. I don't know if we want to do that. Do you like your sister? Is this someone you'd want to keep alive? Of course, but... She's with Sheriff Rollo at the town hall. She's safe for now. But I don't know what our next move should be. I, I know Kanto had his enemies. I know he used to run with the Red Feather gang. But I poked all through Squatter's Alley this morning, and there's no sign of them. So I don't know where they're at. I don't know if they've done this. Take, you, is your sister talking at all? She was asleep when I saw her, but she might be awake now. Maybe we could question her. Not a bad idea. Or you, Schultz, could question her. Uh, hen and I might be a bit of a uh, a start. Yeah, you could, you could say that again. Schultz mutters under his breath. hen and I <laughs> might be a bit of a start. I mean, that's probably a mild way of putting it, but you're, you're right. If we wanted to go and find out what happens, I'm probably the... The best person to do the talking. The face. The face. As it were. As it were. Did it seem as if a, a weapon did this to them? Or a, or a thing? A monster, perhaps? Well, that's why I came to talk to you about it. I know you know monsters, man. I am intrigued. Cash, I know you know killers. And Schultz, I, I figure you have a story about everything in between. I've, so got, I've got history. If anybody can help me out, it's you. Right, you've piqued my interest. Let's go see the bodies. Sorry, I shouldn't sound so excited. Ra- ra- rather eager about this. Looks aren't very you? dour. Like, sorry, I'm so sorry. excited. It's not <laughs> rather morbid, fellow. It, it's you? not that I'm happy that that's <laughs> happened. It's that I get a thrill hunting monsters. I can't. I mean, help. right now we're None hunting. None of you can to... see this, but he just bounced up and down in his chair. He's like, "Yeah, let's go." <laughs> He's a naked, excited dragon. I think I think he could have phrased Man, that. Put some fucking clothes on. I, I put a cloak on. Well, when you leave, I'll put clothes. Put the on. rest of the fucking clothes. All on. All right, fine. I put my clothes on. Put my armor on. All right, where do you guys want to go? Well, to uh, the town hall. 
Well, I think Schultz should go to the town hall with her to question the hey, sister. Hey, I'm, I'm hungry, first of all. Well, there's a buffet breakfast in the Right. You know, I, in I the was going to say, I'd want to stop and, and imbibe myself a Can little bit. Can we get a real, a real good breakfast before we head out? Sure. Is, is it a it, continental breakfast? I mean, yeah. You guys get down there, and they have like these little mini muffins. And oh, heck yeah. Ooh, I love the mini favorite. muffins. And they have a waffle bar. Yeah, is are are there waffles in this universe? Yeah, cool. There are, they now. There are, there are now. There are now. <laughs> yeah. Do they have biscuits and gravy? Where are your biscuits and gravy? <laughs> this is, uh, and Mungo looks it's at you. The like, most important ah, thing. I'm all out of gravy. You got it kind of late. Body's already started down here. I look very angry at him. Sorry. Hey, hey, be nice to Mungo. Mungo's my friend. He's a good friend. Like, yeah, well. yeah, I'm his friend. Well, tomorrow you yeah, better save me some biscuits and gravy. I like. I'll save them. I do the little. But you're not gonna like you. it. <laughs> They're just save biscuits. What could be so bad about that? He winks at you. I wink back. I I turn up my head and I shake my head at him. <laughs> my head is confused and hangry, <laughs> and he just begins devouring waffles. So you guys uh, load up on waffle bar, complimentary waffle bar. Nice, nice. And uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna point this out now because I've been thinking I should probably should point this out earlier, but it'll be most obvious while I'm eating. Uh, you notice Schultz when he's eating, uh, a bit of his tongue seems to be split, like it looks like an forked. old injury. Like it's not quite forked, but like part of his tongue was cut in half. And it's a little grizzly. Alora looks at you and she's like, "What the hell did you do to yourself?" He looks up and he's like, "What? What are you talking about? I woke up. I woke up. Your I'm tongue. Tired. Your tongue. I see you licking those oh, strawberries out of that like, waffle oh, hole. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, right. The tongue. Uh, when the military moved. I mean, in, I might not have noticed it, but you're you're eating, and it's almost like yeah, it's been I pointed out to me and right. made obvious yeah. now. <laughs> and uh, no, Schultz says no. It's 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 nothing. When when the when the guild moved in next next to my hometown and they started. You know, I was escaping and they were recruiting people and grabbing them up. And I may or may not have received some flying, exploding rock damage to the mouth a little bit. Right. My tongue right inside, inside your mouth. Right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's some highly specific shrapnel. You'd be surprised what the guilt do can do. You often run with your mouth open. <laughs> I mean, when you're panting heavily and you're freaking out, it's 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 it happens. That's all I can say. That's a lot of story for a split tongue. That's why I like to tell it. You know, I'm a, I'm a storyteller. Maybe just chew with your mouth closed. All, all right, speak for yourself. <laughs> big, big mouth, pointing out my flaws. What's wrong with you? She's like, are we going to do this or not? Yes, yes, I'm done. He's like, I'm done eating. eating quite I'm a lot of waffles. I'm full. I'm full. Like you ruined waffle bar Well, for me. while you two go to the town hall, could you point me in the direction of the uh, local... Uh, where I might buy some ammunition. Uh, you can buy damn near anything over at Dags. Well, could you point me to Dags? Yeah, she points you down the street, and there's this huge, it looks like a, a pavilion set up, uh, like a big top circus tent. Bizarre. Uh, and the top of it is got like a wooden platform built all around it and almost like a tree house. Uh, but it takes up the whole end of the street. It's kind of this this sprawling thing, and there's cafe tables set up outside at the front and a, bu- a few vendors and uh, you see a bunch of ogres and halflings running around under the under the pavilion awnings. Hmm. That's where I'll head. 
as we leave, I I, I just want to. Mahan is just going to grab waffles, <laughs> put them, in his, them in his cloak, That's and amazing. just look at Mongo and be like, "This is because you didn't have biscuits and gravy." It's a uh, it's complimentary. You could take as many waffles. Don't as you, you talk want. back to me. <laughs> I am a paying customer. Be nice to my friend Mongo. I am being nice. He, he didn't, didn't do anything wrong. He did do you not have just biscuits pour and a gravy. bunch of syrup in your pockets then, too? No, I'm not an animal. Just raw waffles. <laughs> I'm not an animal. As he stuffs out just a full <laughs> waffle in his mouth. And he takes one and puts it in his mouth for good measure and then leaves. <laughs> now I want egg But your, you mouth the, is, uh, your mouth is big, so it's like a mento after, on your... After you stuff the, uh, <laughs> the waffle in your mouth, you do like the two yeah, fingers I'm towards the that. eyes and point back at him. <laughs> and I'm slowly he flinches. Yeah. He's just like... And, and, then he, I, and then I go, you guys, oh my goodness, <laughs> you guys little don't little see kiss. it, but behind the bar, he's like scribbling order biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or actually great. worse in this universe, he could be like, what is biscuits and gravy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Must ask the mistress, what is biscuits and gravy? Great. Let's go. Let's anyway, go to the town hall now. To the right. town hall. Yeah, so you guys, uh, when when you have breakfast, you notice you're the you and Mungo are the only people in there. Apparently, everybody else is you know eaten and cleared out. And once you get out to the street, the crowd that you saw before has sort of uh, dispersed and is now just going about their uh, business. So who's going to town hall? Uh, I am. All right, I am. You, you I'm both going are. To gags. That poor guy from upstairs isn't going to have any waffles. That's right. <laughs> well, that's his own yeah. That just hit me. He's going to come downstairs and say, you're not going to believe the morning I have. God, I could use a waffle. No waffles. Where are the waffles? And Mungo's not even there. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> He's just in the back eating the leftover waffles. <laughs> He's like, sign says 10 o'clock. <laughs> so, yes, they're that's, going to I believe that's what hotel staff do. I think that they yeah. just like, that's what they get. They get all of the... Get your continental breakfast, folks. Right. Anyway. Uh, is, is Allura with us as we walk out? Uh, Allura is with you guys, and she is not so sure about, uh, you know, running around town after this. If her sister is awake, she wants to stay with right. her sister. I was going to ask, like, did she wake up early? Did she see what all the commotion in the street was about? Uh, she, yeah, she says that the sled runners came back. What does that mean? That's that gang, right? She says, so oh, no, 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 they're not a gang. The the sled runners, the the supply, oh, for the village. Oh, we okay. get we get sled running team here. Uh, you know, several times a month. Uh, usually, it's been slower lately. I'm not sure why, but they come down from the Uranad, the halfling lands, and they bring all kinds of supplies. And okay, so we couldn't we couldn't function without them. Okay, so it wasn't wasn't anything bad. Totally my no, bad. No, Thought no, there no. was some shit going down. Yeah, they, have to re- they have to restock on waffles Oh, no, now. it's just it's just we ain't seen them for weeks and weeks, and so we wondered and we thought maybe something happened to them, so they're back now. Okay. And well, the that's town's good. very happy to see them. And now they got to go back and get 10,000 dozen more waffles from the urinad. They better have biscuits and gravy on that sled. <laughs> Major thing they bring in is water. Mm, that makes sense. I don't know if you noticed, but our, our river is not exactly a, a fountain of plenty. If, if I had to describe it, I'd call it Lean, perhaps. It's, it's not even a that's crick. That's name. It's the River Lean. <laughs> that would explain Very it. anemic. And it is aptly named. A little, Maybe a little too on the nose, I think. I yeah, know. well, you know. What's life without a little humor, am I right? Alora leads you to 
the town hall, and you see that it's sort of just a sheriff's station with a, a room for clerks and, and things, and you see there's some desks and a lot of you know filing cabinets and things that are filled, stuffed full of papers. And uh, there's a little halfling lady that has uh, got her feet up on the desk, and she's got a, just a paper out in front of her uh, reading, not paying any attention to you guys. Uh, you see that there's a jail cell over in the other corner, and that uh, in the back of the jail cell on the bed is uh, a woman. Mm. And she's looks very bandaged up, very hurt, but she's kind of like sitting up. And Alora runs over to her and she goes, Brenna, Brenna. And like she hugs her and everything. And, and Brenna smiles when she sees her. And she's, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were in town. I didn't know. And they start talking. I kind of. I push Schultz. I'm like, you, you sure? go first. That's what I was saying. You, you, you go you first. Sure? You don't want to go first. <laughs> and Schultz is like, all right, all right. And he, he slowly approaches approaches the two sisters. And he's like, hi, sorry to sorry to bother you, to the injured lady. So now that you're single. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> hey, have you ever considered, uh... No, I do not. I do not say that thing that Jim suggested. What do you say? Uh, well, I approach and say, hi, sorry to bother you. We're... I'm I'm a friend of Alor of Alora's, and she asked me to come along. She says, "Oh well, any friend of Alora's is a friend of mine, I suppose." Well, that's, oh. that's good to hear. I'm very glad to hear that. Do you like yell that from like the over. entryway or like? I saunter over. Yes. And as you <laughs> as you walk forward, she kind of like flinches and she looks like at you and she, it's all right. He's. I'm like, no, it's cool, and I give her a waffle. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like she just, it on my she just oh, eyeballs my the waffle a second, and it's got, like, lint from your pocket say, on How it? long have those been Can in I there now? Can I blow it off? I... <laughs> and then it gets ash from your breath on it. Oh, that's great. Right. You know what? Sorry. It was it was a gesture, and I eat it. She's like, well, I'm sure you meant well. Uh, what can I do for you, gentlemen? Well, uh, Alora was hoping that we might be able to assist you. We're, uh, shall we say, experienced in all manner of... Nasty beasties, and uh, we figured we could do something about about what might have happened to you. She says, "Well, I suppose if you're you're here to help, then can't hurt to tell you." And uh, I, I I know my friend here is good at at healing people. He might be able to. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. He and might I, be able to, I, I to give you a hand. I I'm like, is it? You mind if I? It's like a thing I have to touch your arm. Do you, and you put your hand out, yeah. and she looks at your hand, and she's like, <laughs> "Not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt you." Her lip is trembling, and she's just wide eyed yeah. at you. And I'm like, I'm just gonna lay hands. No, it's, like, it's, it's okay. One, it's okay. One, it's, it's okay. okay. One time he breathed on me, and I came back to life. So she just looks at you like, "What the fuck?" Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long story. It's a long story. I don't want to freak you out any more than it. Already as scary to yeah, see a seven-foot black dragon. I think you freaked her out enough so already. Gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll lay hands on her. And as you're touching it, she goes, dragon! And then you touch her. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, and how much are you going to heal her for? I'll do, um, let's say She's 10. zero level. So her arm was in this sling, and you, yeah. you heal her up, and you see the wound start knitting itself back shut. And she like looks down at it and moves her arm, and the sling just falls down. And she's like, "That's that's amazing." 
It, 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 I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. It's whatever. And she, she looks at you and her eyes go wide again and she grabs your hand. Yeah. And she pulls, and she's not locked in the cell or anything, but mm-hmm. she grabs your hand and she pulls you. Do you go with her? Yeah, sure, I follow. She she pulls you and she runs through and she says, "I don't know who you are, but if you can do that." And she kicks the the door behind the halfling who's reading the paper. Yeah, who, who does not seem to give a single shit. Yeah, uh, and she leads you into this much smaller room, but it smells terrible Uh-oh. in here, like, like chemicals and things. Uh-huh. And uh, she leads you over to a table with the tarpaulin over it. Uh, I think I know where this is going, and my power doesn't extend that far. She's like, "Can you try? Can you just, can you just try?" And she starts crying. She's like, "Come on, you I'm, gotta I'm, help I'm peeking him. in through the doorway, but I'm like, "Oh, this guy my awkward dear, real fast." It's uh, it doesn't work like that. Like, come on, come on, man, just give it, give it a try. You sure you don't want to do a class necromancer? <laughs> <laughs> And I, and Raising I, a family is hard. I'm like, not if they're buried close enough together. I'm like, I I will do what I can, but you need to go wait outside with my friend. And she just, she comes over to you, Schultz, and mm-hmm. she's just kind of, you know, weeping. So it's all right. It's okay. He knows what he's doing. I uh, think. And Alora goes over and, and hugs her. I completely know that that's not going to work. So I go and like just pull the tarp back, and I'm going to start inspecting the body to see what I can find, like. Gas marks, if there's any indication what this might have been. For sure. Roll medicine. Give me a medicine check. Medicine check. Ooh. He's dead. (laughs) Well, that's a five. He's dead. He's very dead. So what you can see is that uh, he is obviously dead. He's got power of the dead. He has got these deep lacerations and you can't tell if they're from a knife or monstrous claws, monstrous teeth, but there is a lot of shredding and it looks like pieces of him are missing. This body is not complete. And he is when you, when you pull that tarp back, his head kind of lolls to one side and, and Kanto was a, was a pretty built dude. He was like six foot and, and pretty muscly, pretty tanned, and his skin has just gone almost shock white. Uh, there are pieces of his uh, ribs missing. Uh, it looks like his heart is gone, and it looks like uh, he must have lost a ton of blood. Uh, but that's about all you can tell. You're not sure what made these wounds. Okay. But there's a lot of them, and he's kind of just ragdolling on the on the table. Okay. Well, that sucks. <coughs> I'll put the tarp back over, and uh, I'll do a little dragon prayer for him, and then I'll walk back, and I'll be like, "I'm, I'm sorry. It's it's too late." And she's weeping, and yeah. and she just kind of walks back over toward the cell yeah. and, and sits I, back down and Alora tries to console her. I, I pull Schultz over and I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, I couldn't really tell what did that. It's, I think the body's just so composed or decomposed. I mean, I, it's hard to tell if it was a sword or 
teeth. But I do know one thing. This was very vindictive. There was something going on here. They, Someone wanted him dead I think, very badly. I think we're going to need to talk, talk yeah. to her, try and figure out what's going on. Agreed. I'll let you... I'll let you do the yes, talking. Yes, once, once again, probably a good course of action. So I approach the, approach the sisters again. What's the sister who's not Alora's name again? Brenna. Brenna. I approach Brenna and I say, Brenna, I know this is, this is hard and this is a very bad thing that happened. And my friend and I want to help you out. We want to get to the bottom of this, um, make sure it doesn't happen again. Anything you know that you can tell us would be really helpful. So she's able to tell you that they have a house out in the east uh, on the foothills of Mount Blade Vane. And her and Kanto have lived out there for years and years, and nobody caused them any trouble. Uh, he used to run with Hawker and the Red Feather Bandits. And they would come by and harass him sometimes. And when they did, he would usually chase them off and threaten them and things, and they'd threaten him back, but she never thought that anything would come of it. And then one day she found him about, about two months ago, found him just beat up and passed out behind their shed. They have a like a rock shed. I should know while she's going over this, Schultz has pulled out his notebook and is scribbling. And, uh, he said that it was Marie and the other bandits that beat the shit out of him. And uh, it took him a while to recover from that. And so now Brenna is sure that this is retaliation because he won't join up with the Red Feather gang again. And she doesn't know when they did this to him or how they did it to him, but she found him like this two days ago. And she got him in the cart, and they hauled hauled it to Riverbed. Well, then, and she tried to look around for a doctor. She got pointed over to Doc Halton's place, but Kanto was already dead. Well, what what happened to you? To be done. And she says, "This." Yeah. She says, "Oh, this. I I woke up like this. What? When was that? Today?" Well, when I when I got into town, they they tell me that I had that I had rolled into town on the cart and I was screaming for a doctor and when I woke up, I was here in this hmm. So what? In this jail cell. How much do you remember before getting to Riverbed? I just remember finding him and hauling it to Riverbed. And I want to I cast... remember waking up in the cell, but you you get the idea that she has been told that she rolled into town okay. and was screaming for the doctor, not that she remembers doing that. Right. Your insight is good enough. You okay. Because I, as part of my leveling up, leveling up process, I picked up the spell Detect Thoughts, which gives me the ability to, first of all, just see what the person's thinking at the moment, and then they make a save and then I can see a little bit deeper into it, but I don't know if it probes necessarily subconscious stuff she might remember or just what she's consciously thinking about. Um, I might try that just to see if it picks up anything that she might not 
remember consciously, but might have some sort of lingering effect on her brain, if that makes sense. Yeah. Should I give, are you yeah. okay if I give, give it, it a, a shot? shot? Okay. Give it a shot. Okay. I like I where cast, this is going. Good. I cast Detect Thoughts, which takes an action, and when I initially cast it, it just tells me what's most on her mind at the moment, which is, presumably... You're kind of cute. God, I hope not. So do I have to roll anything? Uh, not not yet. I have to use a subsequent action to look further than that. But oh, okay. Yes. So the, the thing that is right at the forefront of her mind yes. is, uh, how did I get like this? Okay. I don't know what happened to Kanto. I don't know what happened to me. And you hear her like whispering in her head. She's like, I don't know. I don't okay. know what happened. Okay. All right. Well, then uh, I'm going to use my action to probe deeper. Uh, she has to make a wisdom save, or I can say, "I'm don't don't freak out. Uh, I'm I am trained in in some you just grab thoughts her of the face mind. and say my mind, yeah. to your <laughs> yes. mind, my no, thoughts do not do that. to your and thoughts. I mean because because I'm casting a spell, I've been gently shaking because it. of copyright infringement. Exactly, yeah, can't do I that. Know. No, but I've been uh, gently shaking my my rattle drum as I've been doing this because it's it's my it's my magical source, so I have sure. to have to use it. Sure, sure. And I'm sure. like, I hope. Now, don't don't freak out. I'm trying to read into your brain a little bit to see if she kind of looks over at Alora and Alora just all right. nods. And I'm like, so be okay. you're gonna you're gonna feel me in there, but I promise I'm not gonna probe anywhere you don't want me to go. Dude, phrasing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she intentionally, if she's intentionally choosing to fail the saving throw, yes, she will say she is. Uh, the text says you gain insight into its reasoning, if any, its emotional state, and something that looms large in its mind, such as something it worries over, loves, or hates. All right. So you just get the overwhelming sense of loss that she's lost Kanto and she loved him and you see memories of them uh, and they're out like mining the side of the hills and they are, you know, cooking in their kitchen, in their house and you see him like out. It's like you're looking through her eyes like out the window as uh, Kanto is fighting with these other bandits. One of them is just this huge woman uh, with a sword, like broadsword strapped across her back and he, she's shoving him around, and uh, then you see him dead and just shredded, torn to pieces. Uh, and Eek. it you get the idea that none of these events are, are true sequential. They're like, right. they happened of... different times, yeah. but they're all right fresh in her mind. Uh, and then you see that you have gotten on the back of a cart and you can see uh, the bottom of the foothills and where the the l- ground kind of levels out and you start going across the dry land uh, toward the direction of Riverbed. And uh, then you hear something and turn and you just feel this sharp pain and everything goes black and you lose consciousness. All right. And that memory ends. And I... I shut off connection. And I say, I think she was shot. Oh. Quite possibly. Do you know if the Red Feather Gang have access to firearms? Oh, they do. Okay. And Laura looks at you and she says, oh, they do. Okay. I think... I think that's that's our current lead. If and it's Alora's as good as like, any. Do you think a, 
A bullet could make a wound like that? I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I've seen some bullets in my lifetime. She looked just shredded, like something had clawed at her, though. I mean, I know our, our, another friend of ours who is very good with guns uh, is probably more familiar with this than we are. Uh, maybe, I don't know, we could ask him. Maybe. Do you maybe, know? And I turn him ahead and off to the side and try not to let them hear. I say, maybe it could be, could be part of the gang he used to run with. I mean, they have a lot of... Maybe. But maybe. I thought he said that he killed most of his team. That's true. So maybe not a gang, but, you know, another... Someone wielding magic as well as firearms. Sounds like something he might know about. Maybe. Anyway, that's what I think. All right. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Cash, you have approached this emporium. This is a huge sort of uh, bazaar uh, market square. And the f- main feature of it is this huge building. Uh, and it is built out of lime mortar on the first floor with this uh, shady tent over it that looks almost like a big top. Uh, there is all of this antique furniture just sitting all around outside. And people are sitting like it's a cafe. Uh, and you see there's like halflings making coffee and there's ogres posted at every tent pole mm-hmm. of the awnings. And uh, they are kind of like screening people as they come in and out of the place. Uh, and you see a big sign and it says Dag Nabbit's Emporium. Heck yes. That's the place I'm looking for. And underneath it says no weapons, no magic, no trouble. Well, rats, um, obviously carrying. I'll approach one of the ogres. And they kinda, he kind of looks at you. Like, hmm. Excuse me, sir. Is there a place I might uh, check my weapons before entering? Mm. If you think you can't trust yourself with them. Oh, I know I can trust myself. Well, if you trust yourself, we better trust you too. Come on in. Oh, thank you kindly. He says, yep. Just watch yourself. No trouble in the Emporium. No trouble, sir. Many nods at you. And I'm going in, and I'll, I'll wander around a bit first, get an idea of, you know, what aisle has what. Or... And you you are kind of like in with a little, like a light shopping crowd, and so you kind of are there like milling around, and you're are you going with the tide and, and just checking things out? Um... Sure, why not? I'm, I'm basically looking for ammunition and possibly guns. So you do see a case uh, that should have ammunition in it. Uh, there are some guns, but they're all like little pea shooters and and sort of decorative. Uh, they they don't look. It looks as antique as the furniture. It doesn't look like anything powerful like okay. yours. Uh, but the, the first floor of this shop is just, it looks like a lot of tools. It looks like there's some clothing. Uh, there is a cafe counter where they're selling coffee and donuts and uh, uh, these fritters. Beignets. Uh, I would love me some beignets. And then there is, uh, if you walk outside, there's a little enclosure and like a stables uh, where there are these uh, really ugly birds walking around 
They look like s- sort of six foot tall chickens with Chocobos. scales. That's and, exactly what uh, I was thinking. <laughs> uh, they look like they've got quills and scales instead of feathers and just these terrifying beaks. But they're uh, walking around pecking at each other and there's a couple horses in there as well. Not what I'm looking for. Uh, so you say there's a second story? Uh, yes, it looks like there are two ogres guarding a staircase, uh, just like a rickety wood plank and rope spiral staircase that goes up to a second floor. Um, I'll walk up to them and I'll bring one of my empty casings. Okay. I'll say, pardon me, gentlemen. I'm looking for ammunition such as this. And they, he, one of them grabs it from you and just like balances it on his finger and holds it up close to his eyeball and says, hmm, well, check the case over there, but if there's none over there, we might be out of stock. You might want to talk to Dag. Ah, and where might I find this Mr. Dag as your case is indeed empty? And they, they point and you see there's this uh, halfling man, very old man with beard down to his belly button and he's like standing on the counter, the glass counter like dancing and stomping and uh, in- entertaining this like group of children. Coyote ugly style? No. Okay. <laughs> That'd be weird. It sounds like he's telling a story. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I'll go over it and stand at the peripheral until he's finished with his story. Yeah. And uh, he, you, you hear him tell this story about how he like st- strangled a desert chicken with his bare hands and then fed it to a river croc uh, before the river dried up. And the river croc was so sad that it cried salty tears and nobody wanted to drink the water anyway. And so then the river dried up because uh, it was you know angry at the people. And uh, the, the kids are really entertained, uh, but they kind of walk away going, how did he do all that? What what <laughs> happened? I, I, did that really happen? And like shaking each other and betting each other that it didn't really happen. And uh, once they all clear out, he kind of sits down on his own countertop and he looks over at you. He oh, says, well, howdy there, stranger. I understand you are uh, Mr. Dag. That's me, Dagerson Nabbit the Fourth. Welcome to my establishment. I heard you may... Uh possibly be able to help me with uh, acquiring some ammunition. Oh, you heard right, friend. What do you need for? And I'll show him the uh, the casing from one of my empties. And he takes it. He says, ah, this is standard guild ammunition. It Not is. easy to come by out here in the dearth, but uh, let's see if we can get you sorted. He walks over to the gun counter and he pulls out a big old wooden box from underneath the counter and he sort of shakes it. He says, ah, yeah, I think I've got some. And he opens it up and he's got a, a bunch of shells that he can sell you. And he says, these are not going to be cheap. What do you want for them? He says, it depends. Uh, are you willing to buy trade? Oh, I'd, I'd like to buy from you, sir. Well, I'm in the market for gold. Let's say uh, three gold apiece. Two. Hmm. Roll persuasion. Um. Oh, boy. Uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know, I, I know, I know for a fact. Back in the uh, the more civilized portions of the world, I can purchase twenty rounds for a single gold. He says that may be, but they don't. They have uh, much more access to that black powder and a bunch more serviceable metal out there. I'm sure three is a fair price. How many rounds you got there? I have, uh, let's see, he shakes the box. Uh, have about 30 here. Hmm. I'll give you 75 for them. Roll persuasion again. Oh, boy. Um, I'm gonna throw a little thaumaturgy on top of that to make my eyes glow and my fangs grow. Man, I should have given and you bardic inspiration before you away. And my voice low. I will give you 75 for them. One better. <laughs> <laughs> Says, well, that's some trick you got there, but uh, 75 will do. All right, I pay the man. And he hands you the shells. So I got 30 rounds. And he says, uh, you got more gall and uh, fire blight than uh, most other tieflings here in town. I'm new. Well, yes. Uh, I make it my business to meet everybody that comes in here as a new arrival. I've told you my name. Uh, what is yours? You may just call me Tiefling. Although there are many who are beginning to recognize me, you may hear my name. Hmm. That is both vague and mysterious. Color me intrigued. Uh, very well. Should you come across any more ammunition, I'm more than happy to pay for it. Well, ammunition's been a little difficult to come by. And, uh... I heard the sled runners arrived again today. Oh, yes. Don't remind me. Is it possible they carry any ammunition? Oh, I'm sure they've got something. But, uh... You won't find a fair bargain among their lot. Well, if you could point me in their direction, I could uh, attempt to bargain with them as uh, I'm hoping they aren't quite the shrewd businessmen that you are. Certainly not. But uh, if you don't mind my asking, you appear to be a man of action. And he winks at you. I've been known to... uh, Involve myself in some special situations, yes. Well, uh, let's just deal in a hypothetical situation here. Hypothetically, certainly. Hypothetically, uh, certain resources that I require to procure and produce certain items here at my uh, establishment and other subsidiaries in town, such as Slim's Picks, I have run afoul of the market, as it were. My artisans have uh, increased their need, and my supply has run short. I have a need to uh, import new resources from further afield. Would you be anyone who hypothetically could aid in that sort of situation? Uh, Hypothetically, what sort of resources are we talking about? The kind that you can find in a guild supply depot? Oh. Oh, no. Not this. Well, sir, uh, 
I hypothetically have some experience with guild depots. Yeah, I thought uh, you might. Uh, I myself. And he like takes his fingers and he puts them on his forehead nah. like they're horns. <laughs> I I just had an, a hunch that you might. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, getting into one of the uh, guild depots is not exactly a, a, an easy task. However, the further away we get from the guild-controlled lands, the uh, less... Uh, security they seem to have. Is there one uh, nearby that you know of? Well, hypothetically, there might be. And I may have a contract. Hypothetically. Of course. (laughs) Uh, A hypothetical contract. Yes. To knock over said guild depot and procure as much of their black powder as possible. Hmm. And where do you think a guild would keep such a depot if they were to have one near here, hypothetically? And he looks at you and he says, Well, uh, don't tell anyone I told you this, but uh, you meet me here after hours and we'll go upstairs and chat about it a little bit over some of this delicious coffee. And he winks at you, and he, like, points over at the cafe counter. Uh, yes, uh, well, since this was all hypothetical, there'd be no need for a, a paper contract, but uh, I believe a, a handshake is uh, in order for meeting a gentleman such as yourself. And he says, of course, of course, and he puts his hand out. And I shake his hand. And then he points over to the cafe, and he says, just, uh... Just tell my niece over there at the counter how you like your coffee, and I'll make sure it's ready for you tonight. Excellent. And I'll wander over to co- to the, the counter. And she looks up and she says, Anything I can get for you, sir? Uh, coffee. Just coffee? Just coffee, but I'll be having it later tonight with your uncle. And she looks over at Dag. And Dag winks at her, and she winks back, and it's like the worst, most obvious wink <laughs> that you've ever seen. Like the, oh? Uh, and then she says, so, just coffee then? For now, I believe. And she says, all right, it'll be ready for you tonight. And you see her write down the word coffee. And she sticks the paper in her pocket. I think I missed something. This is definitely some sort of code going on yeah. right now. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for to ask you, how do you like your coffee? <clears throat> the same as the color of my skin, black. Did you say that? Yeah. All right, so she, she takes out the note and she goes, oh, oh, all right, all right. Let me. <laughs> and she scribbles out coffee and she says, skin is the color. And then she like crosses it out because it's too much to write on. And she flips the note over and she writes black coffee. Uh, yes. Thank you. And then she puts it in her pocket. She says, it'll be ready for you tonight. No, I'm confused. And she, well, she <laughs> winks at you. Uh, yes. like, like she knows you know exactly what she's talking about. I have no idea what she's talking <laughs> she, about, but I wink back. <laughs> R- roll deception to see if you can think. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. 
We'll just see if I know what she's talking about. She's a halfling. I have and no idea. About this time, Schultz and Mahin, you guys had gone to find Cash. Yes, and you presumably. rendezvous with him right right around this As cafe I come walking cart. out. Yeah. Like, so oh, you good. Guys are Just... in this market bazaar. Yes. Well, gentlemen, did you find out what happened to Alora's sister? Not exactly, but we have some hunches. Uh, did you get yourself get yourself some bullets because we might need them? I have some ammunition, yes, and I have a a lead on possibly some more. We need to find those sled runners who came into town. I, I guess we can stop there for the moment. They may have other provisions we could use. That's true. I mean, do they have much of interest in the bazaar for that you could see? Apparently, from what I could gather, they, they trade independently on their own. I'm not sure. Mm. The, the, the owner of this here emporium seems to get his uh, items. Secondhand? Secondhand is a good word, yes. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right, if, we, if you want to stop by the sled runners, I guess we can stop there. Very well. Are we, do, you guys, do you know where they are? Should we should we just follow you? Oh, you guys, yeah, you people would be able to point out where okay. they are, okay. and they they have got like a big uh, line of people are just uh, lined up around the block, uh, trying to get to them and talk with them. So it's it's a it's about an hour waiting around for your turn to get up and talk to these people. But once you get up there, uh, you see that they are all halflings, and they've got these. Uh, can we try to intimidate huge, our way through the exactly line? That's exactly what I was huge just thinking. Piles I can do that. Stuff. We have a seven yes. foot dragonborn who's like, do the, do the, I just uh, need you to tap somebody on the shoulder and say, Pardon me, do you mind if I cut? Yeah, you, do, can do try, the, you, uh, wanna, you wanna intimidate your way? Do the Fezzik thing from Princess Bride and just go, Everybody move! No, no. No, not I'll that. Intimidate. Excuse me, I have very important matters. I need to um, get some water. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly inspire you. You've got an extra D6 now. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that's 19. All right. So, yeah, you, you essentially start just, like, tapping people, and they just, once they see you, they just get out of the way, and they're like, did you see that big lizard guy? What's going on with this? We're just sort of, like, discreetly kind of falling behind him. Like him before. Those two weirdos following him. You seen the, Gar- not Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they're using the president to cut through line yes. at the Volgon planet. They're all just sort of following behind him. That's us. That's what we're doing. That's right. So you uh, you do cut a sway through most of the line, uh, but the people closer to the front are like all elbows, and they're like, no, they're like people who won't let you cut in the merch line at a show, and they're like, no, no, no. And, uh, but you do get up there much faster. You have to wait for about, you know, five, ten minutes. Heck yeah. That's uh, and you see it's all these agents, and they are all in uniform in these bright yellow robes, like silk robes. And uh, they're all on these sleds, and they've got huge piles of just sacks of stuff and huge barrels, presumably filled with water. Uh, and they are, uh, you know, filling up gourds and filling up skins and filling up smaller pony keg barrels and people are rolling away with their stuff uh, happy hmm. okay All right. and one of them waves you over and is like hey folks what can I do you for and I'll pull out a single, I'll pull out a single round of ammunition say I'm looking for more of these oh that's gonna be a little bit hard to come by we've 
had shortage of black powder recently out here in the dearth. Uh, not sure who'd have any for you. You have none? Can't say I do. Hmm. Thank you kindly, then. For sure. Uh, before we go, I remember I picked up that, that neat-looking ceramic fragment from... I forget if it was out of the little skiff or at the uh, yeah. at the brick factory. That's right. Yeah, it was um, in the hole. Which is, yeah, which looked like it was part of a pendant. Right. Before we go, I, I'll just pull it out and I'll hold it up and say, this look like any, anything of value to you people? I've just been carrying it around. Mm, let's see. And he hands it over. And uh, the guy looks at it for a second. He says, oh, this looks like it's uh, from that from that magic city down south across the Sea of Dunes. Schultz gonna grab it back to it, just reach and pull it back. Yeah, is within. And a, what what magic city? What is this? And he says, "Oh well, it, look here." And he 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 grabs it and he spits on it and he kind of like rubs it real hard on his. Pants. Schultz winces a little and, bit when he spits on uh, it. He he shows you uh, one of these pictures. It looks like a baby chick, like carved into the clay. Ooh. And he's like, "This this we we've seen this on stuff that was recovered from the the magic city." You know you know the stories from the magic city? Uh, should I roll history to see if I know the stories about the magic city? Sure. Oh, that's I rolled a 1, so uh No, you got no fucking clue. I, just, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not like, Oh, yeah, that magic city. I'm not I'm not familiar with this magic oh, the city. Magic city. Yeah, the magic city. He says, no. "Well, that's I'm I'm sure that's not its name, but I've never met anybody who actually went there. This magic city just appears in the middle of the middle of the desert uh, a couple hundred years ago, and uh, nobody knows where it came from. <laughs> nobody knows who lived there, but it it's there. It's still there? Brigadoon? I'm sure it must be. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, uh, thank you for your insight. Um, you, I think uh, you looking to part with that? Depends. How much are you willing to give me? Uh, I'll give you uh, 25. 25 what? Gold pieces. For that? They just for the trade where you come from? <laughs> well, let's just say trading is not is my strong friend, suit. Uh, they, he looks at your cash and he's like, is your friend uh, okay? Look, usually he I'm dealing a, with much smaller uh, pieces of currency. Smaller? Small? What did you say? Small? <laughs> he, and he, like, stands no, up no, on no, top no, of less, a stack uh, of less, stuff. Less valuable. You're used to less, dealing with... Less, less you, valuable. You'll have to excuse um, my friend. He is economically, uh, well, an no, idiot. It's okay, it's That's okay, all right. Man. As I said, I, I, I'll give you 15 I just heard you, too, and I say, as you can see, I am also a short person, so I understand. <laughs> just kidding. I don't say that. As, as I said, I'll give you 15 for it. And, uh, Take say, the twenty-five and shut up. You know, shut what what you know twenty-five? What? No. I said fifteen. I'll the initial twenty. And uh, I think I will hold on to it. Thank you. It could be of use to me. All right, way. twenty-five. Twenty-five. I'll give you twenty-five. No, I think. I think. No, I, I think, tried to pull a sneaky on you, and it wasn't right. I'll give you twenty-five, no, and we I think, call I think this a good deal. If there really Schultz, is a magic city in the desert, that means it's worth at least fifty. If there really is a magic city in the desert. And we ever end up in that area. It might and we be don't want to get killed by whatever magic things might be around the magic city. I'd and I have a token of their culture on me. I Perhaps doubt a small more... piece of clay with a picture of a baby chicken. It never. It could. What if it belonged to like? It's a not noble. even a baby sand chicken. Nobody you knows know, what that thing might, looks might like. Might belong to like a noble who was killed, and I'm bringing back like a sacred artifact. You know. Think outside the box. He's people. thinking long plot, and I'm furiously <laughs> scribbling notes over here. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, I just look. You know, you know, you know. I'm the story guy, right? You know, I want to write stories. T- tell me yes. that isn't that isn't interesting. Tell me I don't want to try uh, and right away, my friend. Right cool away. 
So I, I snatch it back and I say, you offered a very fair price. This is not a reflection on your character. And I pocket the, pocket the fragment. Again. He says, oh, well, if you say so. And he goes, what? what's going on over there? And then you we see him just, turn. you just see him dive back behind the thing and you see all of the halflings, they reach down and they grab a tarp and they pull it over all their stuff and they jump over to the <laughs> other side of their wares and they've now covered over the entire long sled that they've been trading on. And all the people are like, ah, and they're running around crazy. Uh, and these huge birds... Uh, like the ones you saw earlier, Cash, mm-hmm. uh, they come stampeding toward you. Everyone roll initiative. Oh, that's different. Five. Seven. Nine. Wow. We're all odd, aren't we? <laughs> Just a little bit odd. Just a little odd. So these screeching, clawing, axe-beaked birds come barreling toward you, pushing the crowd out of the way. Uh, the lead bird is at least a full head taller than you are, Cash, and uh, it is going to run towards you and just caw at the top of it. It goes, it goes and then it tries to bury its beak. Oh, so they're actually attacking. I was gonna say, is it look? Do they look? Yeah, like these things are. These things look like they're angry and stampeding around the streets, and uh, everybody around you got out of the way. Cranky in time. <laughs> Cranky, they, mate. They used the disengage action at initiative uh, thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> but you were. We're just the clueless newcomers. Uh, and on a. Please protect the squishy bard. Nope. No. All right. So that will make it your turn. This thing comes up to you and it's snapping at you down with its beak. It's trying to peck its beak down at you, and you're just dipping and dodging. Hmm. Dive and ducking. Are these the same ones that I saw corralled earlier? Uh, no. These ones look bigger and oh. uh, stronger. Okay. They are definitely the same species, though. They are tall. This one that is fighting you is. About seven foot, seven or eight foot tall, and uh, at the at the head, it has a big body. It looks kind of like a emu if your character knew what that looked like, and it has huge talons on its feet, but scales covering most of its body and quills instead of feathers. Hmm. Big scary sand chicken. Well, I can either duck and run my. How many are there? Approximately. Uh, this is the only one that's close is the lead bird, but there's uh, three smaller ones behind it. Okay, so there's about four of those things. So my options are to duck and run like the peoples did, or to try and fight this thing and kill it. However, um, there's still people all milling all over the place, right? Yeah, they're trying to duck into other shops, and they're trying to okay. run back home and get All right. away. Yeah, one of one of the one of the I think it's rule rule four of guns is uh, be aware of what's around you in case you miss. And if there's people and children and stuff, I'm not gonna fire because if I miss, I could Good kill man. a civilian. Good man. So I will just draw my saber and attempt to lop its bloody head off. Do it. You lop its bloody head off. Give a little chop. 16. That's a hit. Heck nice. yeah. And that 
does, no explosive damage or anything, but it does 10 points of damage. All right. So you grab it out, you grab your saber out, and you slash at it, and it cuts uh, along where its uh, shoulder meets its wing, the flightless wing that's flapping around, and uh, it just, and uh, looks a little bit angrier. Man, you're up. You see two birds coming straight toward you. One is running off toward Schultz. And uh, well, that's not Cash is nice. fighting this big lead bird. Hmm. Okay. I will. Uh... Are they like as tall as I am? Uh, these smaller birds are like a head shorter than you are. They're maybe six foot tall. Okay. Five or six feet. I'm going to grapple one of them. All right. How, how far away are they? Uh, they're right now. They're about maybe 10, 15 feet away from you. Yeah, I'm gonna run and tackle one of them. All right. <gasps> and what is the grapple? Is that an I think athletics? You, you got to make deal? an attack roll to or see if you get them, and then I think it's a strength. An opposed strength. Oh, okay. Isn't it? So go ahead and roll the attack. That's a 19. That's a hit. And then we roll off. And then roll off your strength. That's 24. Even with this nat 20, I do not pass that. Wow. Oh, you are so choking that chicken. It's, it's yeah. athletics. Technically so you, speaking, so you'd be even better then. You, so you run over to the thing, and this is a strong... You, like, grab it around the neck, and it, like, lifts you up off the ground for a second, and then plants you back on the ground, and you, you lift it off the ground, and it's kind of <laughs> just, like, kicking and scratching, and uh, it is grappled by you. And it doesn't like that one little bit. Schultz, you just watched Mahen run into a, a crowd of birds. I sure did. And jump one. And you see one of these is heading straight toward you. Uh, okay, I'm going to cast Dissonant Whispers on the one that's running straight towards me, which is quickly becoming my signature spell. Uh, make a wisdom I'm save. I'm going to do my signature move. Signature move. Run away, please. Run away. Is the verbal component of Dissonant Whispers. I'm just kidding. If you uh, please. Make Beat a wisdom it. save. All right. That would be 12. Uh, great. Uh, it's going to take 3d6 psychic damage. Oh, no. And then it's got to use its reaction to run away from me. Okay. Uh, ooh, it takes 9 psychic damage. Ouch. All right. So you see uh, its eyes just kind of, like, dilate for a second, and it stares at you deep in your eyes, and it stops moving. And I just, like, do, like, the chin nod, like, away from me. And I go, ah! <laughs> and then turns around and just hauls ass directly away from you. Heck yeah. That's exactly what I hoped would happen. Uh, it looks like it runs away from you and, like, jumps through the window of a storefront and shatters oh, all the glass <laughs> and, like, knocks some ladies' dresses around well, and you hear screaming from inside of the thing. They're oh, probably fine. Uh, a chicken in a dress shop. Happier than a chicken in a dress shop. That is my new favorite saying. It's definitely, that everyone they, will they be probably saying. actually say it in Riverbed. And so it's funny that it's happening now. <laughs> That's right. And it's not a happy thing, it's terrifying. Mahen, <laughs> uh, the axe beak that you are grappling right now uh, is going to attempt to bite at you. Fine. On a. 14? Nope. All right, so you managed to keep its beak away from you. Uh, and at the same time, uh, you were trying to wrestle this one. Uh, 
another comes up and is going to try to bite you on your side. Bitch. (laughs) And that is a 22. That hits. All right. So this other one comes over and just like chomps you right on your butt cheek. Ow! For. Do you have a tail? Five slashing damage. Five? Five damage. Slashing? Yeah. Its beak just like cuts into you and it releases right away. It like tears its beak back a, a little bit and shreds part of your butt of your pants off. We'll have to examine that later to see if it's the same wound that Alora got. Mm. All right. Now, I'm not gonna examine his butt though because <laughs> I wasn't there. I didn't see Alora's wound, so I have you sounded not, you sounded a little too eager. I have no frame of reference for that. This lead bird uh, is now trying to like it's it's using its beak to parry your saber strikes away. Uh, and uh, you, okay. you're like making sparks off of its beak, and uh, it's gonna try to bite at you. Uh, got an eight, so nope, no, about halfway there. Uh, Cash, it's your turn though. Uh, I'm going to use my action surge and take two swipes at it. Do it, because why not? Why not? And yeah, I can action. only do that. I only get to do that once a day. So uh, that is a. 22. That's a hit. And another 22. That's both hit. They both hit. Nice. Let's see if we can kill this thing. So this thing tries to it tries to chomp down on you, and you just go shink, hit for, its neck. For a total of 18. For a total of 18 Ooh, damage. Yeah. yeah, you just, you bring your blade down, and you slice its head off. Whoa. Nice. As hey. it's trying to chomp towards you, it goes, ah, and then you slice its head off. I need to throw that head to Mahan and he can use it as a weapon. <laughs> Swing it around like a, some sort Take of my axe. some sort of limp <laughs> some sort of limp mace thing. Mahan, it is your turn. Do you catch the head that he throws at you? I catch the head. You got oh, that. Yeah. You got this floppy. So you've got a you got a chicken neck of a live chicken in this hand, and then you yeah, have yeah, a chicken in the other floppy hand. chicken head in the other hand. That's just totally the neck is gone flat. <laughs> the head is much bigger, but the. The neck is flaccid. Can I in- attempt to intimidate the chicken? Uh, you can attempt it, yeah, for sure. I'm I'm holding the neck, and then I hold. You the have head to say flaccid because that's the word. Thank you. Yes, which head? The the flaccid head or the turgid? The, the erect or the, uh, or the erect? Okay. The erect head. Okay. In one hand, that's squirming. Yes. As it does. Yes. All right, and then the two. flaccid head. Two for two now. People. I'm pointing it at the erect head, and I'm like, "This is going to happen to you next." Roll intimidation. Th- this is why our girlfriends don't play D and D. Apparently. There's lots. Or of wives. <laughs> you guys have reasons. girlfriends. <laughs> You're married. <laughs> that's a twenty. A TMI. TMI. <laughs> a twenty. Twenty. Uh, yes. This. Uh, you just hear this whining sound from deep in its throat and uh, it kind of like relaxes its body, goes totally limp. Did and, you just make a chicken faint? And uh, so. yeah, it, its eyes kind of like roll back in its skull and you you made this chicken faint. Good. It's passed out. Good. In terror. Good. <laughs> you, you think it might have evacuated its bowels. You smell ammonium. <laughs> oh, dear. I thought that's but bats. That's is it bats and birds? I thought it was bats I don't know birds. birds. I don't know. I've never smelled lots of birds. I know oh, can they, I roll anyway, nature to show what it smells? It's your turn. I know they put more than enough on my truck. So, uh, 
there's still a still a bird harassing Mahen, right? Correct. It's like trying to bite his butt. Cool. I'm gonna cast vicious mockery. Make a wisdom save. Ooh. Uh, three. Uh, yeah, that's a failure. So it takes <laughs> uh, three psychic damage, and it has disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes uh, for the end of its next turn. Ah, uh, all right. Awesome. So you see, uh, it gets like a twitch in its eye. How do you mock it? I'm like, hey. You, uh, What's the, uh, just do the whole Biff, Biff Tannen Biff Tannen thing What's the matter? You Chicken And it And it gets this <laughs> I don't know if it's been its mocked or it confused yeah. Turns toward you do best. And it's gonna run at you and try to attack you Oh great, that's exactly what I wanted to have But it has disadvantage so I might be fine oh, Disadvantage, so it does Here we go Here we go uh, that is on a 12, are you hit? Really? Yeah, that's a hit. Oops. Oops. Hey. Uh, even with this Even with the this, well... So it doesn't it. like that. You see its eye twitching as it, it comes to you, and the one eye that's twitching is all dilated. <laughs> and then it's uh, running oh towards you, and it's going to snap at you for... That would be six slashing damage. Okay, that's not so bad. That's fine by me. Cash is your turn. All over the place. How far from me is that last one that's attacking Schultz? Uh, only like five, ten feet away. Oh, so I can move and attack. Yeah. I I'm just like, do that. help! Nope. This, was, this was not what was supposed to happen. I've, this was I've been to set happen. up. 18. 18 is a hit. Yeah. Nine damage. Nine damage to it. All right. Thank you. So you, you slash in and cuts into the, the bird's back, and it kind of just rears back with, like, a bit of your sleeve in its mouth. <laughs> ah. uh, and just... As long as it doesn't get his glove. Mahen, yes, it the is glove is very important. I'm going to run at that last chicken and attack it with the maul. Okay. Uh. Oh, the, the, oh, the I just shatter- realized something. my ass, you die! The, uh, the, the shattering maul? Yes. Shatter. I just realized something. Shatter. We can probably cook these birds down and make a really good chicken gravy. <laughs> to go Biscuits with your... and chicken gravy! Is that what you yell as you yes. charge towards it? This is yes. the new war call. Yes. Gravy! <laughs> this is wonderful. Or not. <laughs> That's a natural one, DM. Oh, my! <laughs> oh, my! You were a little too obvious, and you, you shouted, Gravy! At the at the end, at the axe beak, and it hears you coming, oh and it just ducks. Don't hit me. Uh, Cash and oh God. make a dexterity saving throw. I hate you Ooh, wow. so that much right now. Wow. Oh, uh, that's uh, that's, that's harsh punishment. That's, uh, that's a ten. Mine's a sixteen. Oh, screw you. Uh, what's your attack bonus with them all? My attack bonus is plus eight. So seriously? Oh, it's right, it's magic. Uh, so that'd be one plus eight would be nine. So you passed. Yep. Oh, great! Thank you. Bare, barely passed. Oh, that was close. So you guys see the bird just ducks and and, and swings like, this wide, literally a, a hair over my wide, head, and you see the head of the mall just go. Uh, Actually, remember those back. Remember those short shows, jokes. You see it go right in front of your eyes. <laughs> Actually, let's remember the short jokes you yeah, were making this, earlier. This is my this is my comeuppance. Goes uh, right over her head. Yeah, there it is. Schultz, it's your turn. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
the fuck, man? And I'm freaking out. And Sorry. I, uh, uh, I just stab. Yeah, I'll just stab at the bird. Uh, except I won't, because that's only a... That's an eight. Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Work. So I just freak out, uh, and I, like, slash out. So you're like, eh, eh, and you end up just, like, waving your <laughs> your blade at the at the bird. And the bird does not like this, so the bird is disengaging. Oh, I should have cast Poison Spray. Oh, well. And it is uh, jumping up over the uh, cart, uh, up over the wagons with the, or the sleds, sorry. Jumping up over the sleds. Uh, to the other side, and you see it like its claws tear some of the sacks of grain, and grain starts to spill out through the tarp that's covering it. Uh, and you hear on the other side of the the hall, uh, just oh, what the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> get him! Get him! And like you hear the halflings on the other side that were trading just a, a couple of minutes ago, uh, just like a minute ago, are like trying to scuffle on the other side of this thing and you guess they're trying to wrestle this this thing oh my and uh from be- from behind you guys you hear son of a bitch god damn it <laughs> what the fuck is going on here is that is that by chance Dagnabbit? you you turn around and you see a halfling woman nope, in not. yellow robes like the rest of the traders uh and she is leading the uh, she's like stepping over the wrecked window of the dress shop. Oh, whoops. And she's leading the, uh, she's lassoed and is leading the axe beak that crashed into the dress shop. Sorry. And it's got like a brassiere on its head. <laughs> Classic. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she looks at the three of you. Tried to calm your axe beak down. She's they like, started it. She looks down at the big bird. With its severed hand, she's, and you're, are you still holding the severed hand? Of course not. And she's like, what the fuck? Hey, hey, that one's still alive. I point to the one that's... You killed Fluffy? I didn't kill Fluffy. Fluffy, you bastard. I believe uh, this large one was Fluffy. You're damn right. Uh, I'm afraid I killed Fluffy, man, but... Why would you go and do a thing like that? Because Fluffy tried to bite me. Of course it did. It's a sand chicken. What'd you expect it to do? Schultz puts up his hands and said, I didn't, I had no part in this. Not bite me? Well, now I'm going to have to train a new lead bird. I don't know what to do. And she walks over to you and she just reaches up and grabs the, the flaccid severed head uh. from you. And she like looks at it. She goes, Fluffy. Ah, well, better get started. And she tosses it <laughs> over her shoulder. And she's totally fine. Well, what? Uh, uh, wait a second. What the? What? What the hell was that? The chickens came and attacked. You should take better care of your animals. She goes over and she wakes. That she like slaps the unconscious no, one awake and yeah. ties a thing around its neck and tightens it. it. And she pulls them both to the. And she's like, "I take care of my animals just fine." Damn. You want to talk to that brother of mine? He can't keep them locked up to save his own life. Or apparently anybody else is. You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And I just I'm I, kind of have an arm over over where it slashed at me on the arm. I'm just like, yeah, no, it's it's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, good then. It's cool. I'm like, I'm not. Look at my ass. And I show her the, the gash. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my ass. Look at it. Says you got one scaly ass. Yeah, what and I got a gash. Kind of, some kind of lizard folk? Don't worry about it. I want compensation. 
She says, uh, well, I'm sure you can take some water off the cart. Free charge. Come on. She waves you over. Right, and fine. she's like, all right, folks. All right. Nothing to see here. Move along. And she, like, kicks one of the other traders. And she's like, get that chicken boiling. We want chicken gravy tonight. Hey. I hey. don't know where I got the idea from, but it sounds <laughs> mighty good. Ain't no fucking way. I want that chicken. And she says, well, now. Who might you three be? Strangers. We are new to town. Well, obviously. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or an insult, but thank you. <laughs> I'm choosing to take it as a compliment. I'm choosing to take it as a compliment, yes. It's merely a description. And she says, well, well good to meet you anyway. Who are you? Our name's Solara, but everybody calls me Saul. Saul Nabbit. Saul Nabbit. So you're related to Dag and Kit. Mm, don't remind me. Miserable, low-life trickster scum. And you are... An honest woman doing honest work. It ain't much, but it's honest work. I can respect that. Yeah, well, I mean, your chicken just bit me in the ass, so... Forgive me if I'm not What's, I mean, exactly on your side. I mean, more right direct that. than that, and she hands you a, a mug of water. I want some of that chicken gravy. She says, that, that could be arranged, I suppose. You might just want to let him have this one. He's a bit, he's a bit particular about his gravy, apparently. As I drink the water, it boils. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys see uh, through the streets, the people are still like milling around, and they're not quite sure. The traders have uncovered the stuff, and some people are starting to trickle back. And then uh, another axe beak runs down the lane with a halfling on its back, and he jumps off, and he's like, Saul, Saul! And he pulls her aside, and he whispers something in her ear, and she goes, God's fucking damn it! Please share with the class. She says, all right, pack it back in. We're going to be here for a while. And she yells that to all her, her traders, and she says, right, get the tarp over it. We're going to be here for a while. Yeah, everybody can come back tomorrow. We're closing shop for the day. And she says, uh, we ain't leaving town. We ain't going on another run. Did something happen? We're going to have to make this, this run last, I suppose. Make the best of a bad situation. But we've done it before. We'll do it again. Are you talking to me? Talking to my, myself, mostly. But anybody who's listening, I suppose... Uh, is this is this just you who can't leave, or is something preventing people from getting out of the town right now? Is this normal? Oh, uh, we've had some trouble getting back and forth on these runs, but I ain't doing it no more. I'm waiting until they catch whatever that thing is. Thing? And I get very interested, and I oh. walk closer. I'm like, what thing are you speaking of? Oh, there's something out there. Something out there in Vagrant's Pass. I don't like it. Do you know if this thing attacked a man and a woman? I know it did. That's what my my colleague here just said. We've been waiting in here. We've been waiting here in Riverbed for a while. We're waiting for the Claude family. Sounds like they're not going to show up. What what sort of thing is that? Do you know anything about it other than it's dangerous? Well, apparently it can tear a horse in half. Oh, shit. Well, that's a pretty well, apt description. Technically, my hand, so can you. Fair point. Wait, have, have, you, have you torn a horse in half? That's badass. Have you done it? Listen, I, I don't want to talk about it. I'm not All proud right. of that moment right. in my life. 
<laughs> I was at a very low was spot. A, was at, listen, I was alone and angry. And there was a horse. And the horse bit me. I have a thing with getting bitten. Okay, Appar- Apparently. Like yes. She looks you up and down. She says, how long you been in town? Just a day. She says, well, that don't add up, so I suppose it wasn't you. No. She says, we were uh, waiting for a Sev family, helping them get settled here in Riverbed. We've got some things to help them get their little family started here in town, but sounds like they're not going to meet us here. My scout just reported that their horse has been torn in half and that they've been killed. Where are they located? Well, they were supposed to be coming down Vagrant's Pass. Man, wife, two children. Terrible, sad. Terrible, tragic. Are they dead as well? Well, uh, that's what my scout tells me. There's only one way to find out. Tells me all dead, blood everywhere. But they only found the horse. Well, he says the caravan's got blood everywhere. He didn't stop to check. We should check it out. You do whatever you want to, but we ain't leaving town till this gets sorted out. Hell, I'll even post a bounty for you. I was about to ask, might there be a bounty for such a creature? You open back up our supply routes, this, this danger goes away, I'm willing to pay. Let's talk how much? Mm. And I, I, I looked to, to Cash and I'm like, thank you for that. I'm getting a little rusty at this. I haven't <laughs> asked for money in a while. She kind of like nods to get you guys to talk in private so that you're not around the rest of the customers. And she looks at you, Cash, okay. and she says, uh, you a cop? You a guildsman? Not any longer. You swear to that? I swear on my father and my mother. Good. And my father. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) She kind of like shifts her eyes back and forth thinking about that. And then she just, uh, okay. And uh, she says, well, uh, the three of you on this job, you figure out whatever the hell that thing is and you bring me its head. What if it doesn't have a head? Bring me whatever's closest. Fair enough. And hopefully it won't have a head by the time you're done with it. I pay you each two fifty. Gold. Yes. See, I have the same question every time too. It's two or fifty what? This is yes. the man who is willing to pay ten gold pieces for a two gold piece she room. Kind of when you. <laughs> I was being and nice. No. Biscuits and gravy. It's called aggressive negotiations. And oh. she she lays a hand on your like on your hip because yeah. that's what she can reach. And <laughs> oh, sorry. She yeah. she lays a hand on your hip and she's like, "Don't worry, honey. I'll make sure you get some biscuits and gravy." Thank you so much. I'll and throw that in one, complimentary. And one. when you say when you say uh, the gold, you know gold, uh, she's like, "Yes, two hundred fifty gold. We of the Uranathi." We only deal in gold. Uh, my brother over there, and she gestures to the Emporium, he's a bit of an oddball, you know? He's real oddball. He'll take all sorts of things in trade, but not me. I care about gold. But I also care about these people, and as much as I love them, I'm not willing to risk my neck if there's something out there tearing up horses. So you bring me its head, 
I'll pay you. So technically, it's still, it's still early in, in the morning. I mean, all this has happened within all the, a couple yeah, hours like, of breakfast. It's like probably, well, you guys were pretty late to breakfast. It's probably early afternoon. It's right? high noon. And uh, <laughs> how far is this vagrant's pass? <laughs> Sorry, say that again? How far is Vagrant's Pass from here? Vagrant's Pass is about a day off toward the east. It's in the foothills off to the east. Oh, the foothills. Well, that sounds like something we've already heard, says Schultz to Mahen, mainly. Hmm. She says, that's the end of my part of this conversation. I'm about to go get about my own business, but you folks want to deal squarely with me? You bring me that thing's head, and I'll give you your gold. Oh. You got it, stranger. I can do that. Uh, gentlemen, if I may speak privately with the two of you for a moment. Of course. Sure. I have another business opportunity, uh, but it requires me to meet with uh, some individuals this evening over black coffee. Oh. That sounds perfectly normal. Black you sound, coffee? You sound suspicious when you say that. Confused. Yeah, more confused, yes. It's coffee. What's what's confusing about coffee? I have no idea. <laughs> that sounds oddly sexual, but okay. Black coffee? I, listen, I'm from the Dragonborn. You know, we get down. Okay. Look, I didn't I didn't need to know that, but he, he pulls out his notebook and starts writing now, stuff. Now, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Now this I'm is very, very concerned about biscuits and gravy. <laughs> Oh, and, no, and I just like, looks at you and says, oh, oh, that's, that's, you're right. No, he I, keeps, I, keeps writing. I just really like biscuits and gravy. And Writes like faster. Oh, coffee. I see. Well, I mean, I like black coffee, too. Yeah, is, listen, we're this, getting off track. This is getting anyway, more interesting the longer it anyway, goes. You need to meet someone. Yes, this evening. So perhaps tomorrow morning, depending on how this uh, business I conduct this evening goes, we may head out towards this uh, vagrant's pass. What are the odds the thing moves away before we get there. It seems to be. Well, wasn't that the same place where... Uh, That's true. ...where the couple was? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Most things are territorial. Well, then I guess it it probably will be fine if we can... And with luck, anything. the business I uh, may be getting us uh, could be in the same area. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anywhere we can... Get close to that during the day and then come back in the evening. It seems pointless to walk out and then come back and not get there in the first place, but I don't know, just spitballing. Either that or we leave uh, tonight after I conduct my business and we get there with daylight to spare and hunt this creature That's down. That's true. How harsh are the conditions in the desert at night? Because I know real world deserts get very cold at night, generally yeah, it speaking. Was, it was pretty freezing cold when you guys were camped out by the whale bones. Okay. Oh, and that's, yeah. Uh, Schultz is not a cold guy. Yeah, and Schultz is not a night watch kind of guy either. Yeah, okay. All right. I see you. That's fine. Okay. No, if we can stay out of the cold, that'd be nice. I'm going to go. I'm going to be like, I, I need to ask... Laura's sister Brenna something and I go back like, oh, to where oh. she is alright alright see you later I'm like you can come you can come Just, oh. I right. need to figure something out here I come and I, so you guys go back to the town hall and you see Alora is actually leading Brenna out of the town hall and she sees you and she says oh Mahin have you, have you found anything I think we might have a lead but I need to ask Brenna something yes when were you, well, when was your husband attacked? 
She found him two days ago. Found him. Okay. At what time? And he was already dead. Uh, that was in the early morning. Did he seem like he had been there a while? Could have been. Could have been there overnight. Overnight. <sighs> okay. That's comforting. Perhaps the she saw She saw him the previous day and okay. didn't know where he had gone to. Okay. Perhaps this creature is nocturnal. Thank you. Uh, we plan to avenge your husband, and I will bring that monster's head to town. She says, I certainly hope so. It's a promise. And so you prepare your plan and your plot to get out of town and, and search this thing down after meeting this evening with some nefarious business people, a meeting which will be conducted next time on D&D. Oh, shit. Over black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to True Crit with me, Hank Hayden, your smiling DM. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Facebook page or find us on Twitter, at True Crit Pod. Tweet at us, leave us messages, throw us a nice review. We love attention. And be sure to join us next week for more truly dramatic, truly outrageous, true crit. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.